Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. I kind of forgot how to do this. <laughs> All right, season two. I'm really excited to be back. I took a little bit longer to get my biznatch together to actually start this season. It's been a summer of flux. Is that the right word? There's been some stuff, some ups and downs, some curveballs in, you know, this life of mine. And yeah, it just took a minute for me to catch my breath. Even still, I'm, I'm not quite as ready as I thought I would be to actually launch the season. So we're just going to see how this pans out. It might not be as structured as I like. Am I, am I talking this down already and I haven't even started quite possibly? But if you've been following me for a little bit, you just know. We're going to have some great conversations. We're going to go deep on some things. We're going to layer it like the best damn sandwich you've ever had. It's going to be great. So today, I want to sort of just talk about origin. You know, that word sort of pops up in my mind when I think about, you know, how I got started here. And if you listen to the very last episode of last season, it was called Takeover. And Dean actually interviews me and a couple of those questions are you know how I got started and you know how those beginning days and just how it affects you and impacts you and how you parent and how you work and have relationships and things and so that's been on my mind um and also just stuff that's currently going on in today's episode I really want to just talk a little bit about how I feel about my start in this world you know my origin story I also want to talk about things that are kind of happening right now and how I'm feeling about things and kind of, you know, just like a temperature check. It is a huge change of season. You know, we're going into fall here in Canada and my kids are back to school and actually both of my kids are in school now and that's a whole entire new shift in life. Um, And then also just you know, some of the stuff I'm going through right now is kind of hard and um, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about when this happens, whether it's things from your past or things that are currently happening right now, you know, like how do you deal? What are some coping mechanisms and how can you move forward and keep moving in a forward direction? So let's, uh, let's just settle into this, you know, let's go deep. Let's take a bite. So I wrote some notes for this episode and uh, one of them says origin story. And you know, if you've ever spoken to me in real life, or I've probably said this in my videos, there's a little bit of a narrative that I have about where we come from and how that impacts us now. I always say, and I think it was Oprah that said it, but you can't fight your origin. You know, you can't change it. There's no going back in time. There's no choosing different parents. There's no choosing different places you were born. Like it is what it is. But I certainly feel that it's up to us to decide what it is now and the outcome. And you don't, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to stay in the box um, that was kind of created at the time of your birth. Like you can move beyond that. This is always a very tricky topic for me to address because um, my origin story is obviously not just me. Like it doesn't just impact me. There's my parents, you know, I have siblings, I have extended family members. And I think it's safe to say that, you know, a lot of people have stories from their youth that 
maybe weren't the best. Obviously, there are good moments sprinkled in there because, well, hopefully there's good moments sprinkled in there, but definitely that helps with the flow of things. But you know, there are those those moments or those people in your life um, that can impact you greatly. And yeah, an impact... I think can have a positive or a negative spin. It's how you choose to take that and move forward. I was poking around on the internet looking for some articles or some sound bites um, from psychologists about difficult childhoods and how people move on from that. And I stumbled upon a woman named Robin Berman when she uses the term grateful grieving. And to kind of paraphrase, it's along the lines of, you know, when it didn't quite turn out like you had hoped, or if things kind of unfolded in a way that wasn't ideal, it's totally okay to take some time to grieve for the childhood you didn't have. For me, when I look back on my childhood, um, it's not that every day was terrible. It's just that there were just some hard moments and some hard relationships and I'm totally beating around the bush because I don't want to hurt her feelings but I have had a very difficult relationship with my mom for a very long time and I want to say that everything's great right now but it's not and it's not perfect and I am not certain that it will ever be perfect because my mom and I are very very different people and this isn't a therapy session so again respectful of other people. She's not here to, to, you know, speak on her own behalf. But to jump to the present, we had a little bit of a falling out this summer. And one of the ways that I've been able to maintain a relationship with her is to establish very clear boundaries. You know, if you've ever been in a relationship or have a family relationship that's similar, um, then you totally understand what I'm saying. Like boundaries, you establish them. And then sometimes people kind of cross over and then you have to react and put the boundary back in place and make sure that that doesn't happen again. And it's it can be a little exhausting. And I have siblings who aren't in a relationship with my mom right now. Ugh, and I hate that I'm even focusing on this because it's a little bit personal, but um, it impacts me greatly. And I think it impacts me because it's my mom and because I am a mom. You know, it impacted me when I was younger. Like my mom is just, she just, I don't know if motherhood was maybe the best decision and it happened very young to her and life was a little bit hard. So sometimes decisions were made without considering myself or my siblings first. Ultimately, it makes for moments where you just are a little bit confused by your worth or your potential or your ability to receive love um, because certain people are wrapped up in their own stuff. And so when I became pregnant with Esme, I really, really, really struggled with what my role would look like as a mom. I'm sort of going off base here because I really wanted to talk about origin story, but this is a huge part of my life. And you know, those very close to me know it's something that's weighs heavy on my heart and on my mind at times. And um, it was just a very triggering summer where I had to reestablish some boundaries. And I'm still in the process of doing that. But when I was pregnant with Esme, I started to doubt my ability to become a mother. And this was as a result of just feeling like I didn't really have the ideal 
mother-daughter relationship myself. And, you know, watching movies and at the time, so when I was pregnant with Esme, that's where I was seeing a lot of the mother-daughter kind of family relationship dynamics was like in the movies. And I just felt like mine didn't fit and mine didn't feel like that. And I didn't feel like that when I was around my mom. I felt nervous and just waiting for something to happen because that's kind of was a pattern. And I just started to question like, oh my God, like, am I going to do the same thing? Because don't we all just become our mothers? Isn't that just what happens? Or don't we all become like our same sex parent kind of thing? I've really freaked out. Um, And I find what's interesting is like, so my relationship and the difficulties I had with my parents, because, you know, I also have some issues with my dad. I mean, don't we all? (laughs) We don't talk about them as much, but they're there. Um, We are human and we are flawed and they likely have things with me, like who knows. But, you know, the, the issues I think you have when you're a young person with your parents are very much relatable to being young. Um, and they're a little bit more um, like selfish, I suppose. Well, naturally, because it's just about you. But now, as a parent myself, I find what I struggle with is that I look at some of the decisions that were made by my parents when I was young. And I think about trying to make those same decisions now. And I can't imagine making them because I feel like natural okay so my my circumstances are very different financially there's a little bit more stability and security there but that said I worked hard to get there and so I think sometimes you know you can have this start in life that isn't what you expected and the people maybe that you're surrounded by aren't who you thought you know you should be around maybe you felt like you were dealt a bad hand and I think sometimes we can let those moments take over us and define us. And it's like we almost become these victims. Like, I didn't attain this because of XYZ. Where something in my personality as a very young person acknowledged that I'm going to attain things because XYZ. Like, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to be like the crabs in the bucket that keep pulling each other back down. I'm going to break free and I don't really know where that motivation came from aside from just realizing that there were opportunities to live a life where when you wake up in the morning, no one can decide for you what you're going to feel like that day. No one's going to decide for you, you know, that you're going to be in a crappy mood because That happened a lot where I would wake up and just nobody spoke nicely in the morning and it was just different. And I spent weekends with dad every other weekend and he lived in a different city and he left to that other city in a very painful way. Yeah, because he used to live in Montreal and then he moved to Toronto, but it it wasn't executed properly. And those types of decisions have impact and have consequence and it hurt a lot. And I used to you know, seek out talk therapy when I was in college because it was the first time I was able to receive it for free. I had trouble sleeping. I had trouble calming down at the end of the night because I felt such such a motivation to do well in school so I could get out of my house, so I could break free and go live somewhere else and be something different. And maybe that's what the, you know, the 
is the propellant the right word? Like it's, that's what was motivating me. That, that's what was pushing me forward was acknowledging that like, girl, you're going to be grown up soon. I used to remember, oh my God, looking at my driver's license or just like any medical card that had my date of birth on it and imagining what I would look like when I was 28. 28 was a big number for me for some reason. I don't know why. Um, actually I do know why. I think 28 was the first time that I realized my mom was a person, not just a mom. So I would have been six years old, which makes sense because I look at Esme being six and being very just aware of things. And so I think I remember my mom being like, oh yeah, she's 28. Like she's a real person. And so 28 was a big number, but yeah, I just remember like looking at that health card or whatever it was and thinking like, oh my God, one day I'm going to be a grown up, and what's that going to look like? And where am I going to go? And where am I going to be? Um, where am I going to live? I always felt like I would live somewhere else because I used to, um, I used to read a lot of books and really get lost in literature and, you could find me curled up, you know, in a chair and I would get like, you know, the series that had seven books in it and just read, 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 read and all for young adults. Um, but I would just consume it like crazy. And it was, it was such a beautiful escape. You know, it was a place where you went to bed loved and you woke up loved and there was no sense of instability like no one was going to run away and no one was going to slam doors and no one was going to threaten they were leaving and no one was going to come up with false accusations and no one was going to be emotionally abusive and it was just such a beautiful safe place and so I spent a lot of time in that place um but then as I started to get older I started noticing that like it felt like life was happening to me. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling, um, even as grown-ups, where you feel like you're just kind of trudging along. And it's something I, it's interesting, it's something I actually have very little patience for when I see it in other people, because I kind of want to shake them and go like, do you know how hard I had to work to get to where I am? Like, you can totally do it too. What is stopping you? And I guess that's sort of a question I'm wrestling with right now. Like, what is the fear, you know, of trying to step away and break free? Because to me, the fear of becoming like a certain person was so overwhelming that I just ran in the opposite direction, like as fast as humanly possible. I can't imagine still being in that place, you know? And I think relating it to my experience as a mom, and forgive me if this is a little bit all over the place. For one, I'm rusty, haven't done a podcast in a bit. And for two, it's been a summer. Uh, just sidebar, like Dean was home the entire summer, off work. In his industry as a pilot, it takes a minute to get a new job. So he got hired again at another place and he's doing the same type of work, right? But now he's been away for nearly two weeks and he's not home for another week and it's like goodness gracious one extreme to the other so i'm a little bit spent i'm a little bit tired but i miss you guys and i don't want to leave this too long because i want to make sure we get season two you know what i mean and so in terms of this kind of why i'm talking about this origin and why i'm talking about this toxic relationship it's one of those things that like when i became a mom i realized you get to make different choices you get to break the cycle and you get to just be the person that you want to be. And yeah, sometimes, you know, you might say something or do something or react a certain way and realize like, oh my God, 
that is not who I am. That's someone else. And you know what? When that happens, you don't have to have that stubborn quality where you just ignore it. In this article with Robin Berman, um, when she was talking about kind of overcoming a difficult childhood, she, she provided an example of a mother driving in the car with her child in the back seat, and her daughter said to her, she was like going to a school dance, and there was this interaction, and the way that the mother responded was like not totally appropriate. And even as the mother was saying it, she kind of paused afterwards and realized, oh my God, that was my mother. Like that's what my mother would say to me. And she stopped and she went, you know what, honey, can we start that conversation again? Because I don't like how I answered that. Ask me your question again. And so the daughter asked the mom the question. And this time she responded like she would respond. She responded in a way that was respectful, you know, respectful and appropriate. And that really got me thinking about that's such a simple example, but I feel like that's something you can do every day in your own life. And I know a lot of you reach out to me about toxic relationships with your parent or with your mom or your dad and, um, you know, establishing boundaries. And you're often asking me like how I cope. I think I really break it down to like understanding what it is that you want out of that relationship if you want that relationship. Because I have my sister who doesn't want a relationship with my mom right now. And I respect that and I respect her decisions for it. And for me, I can't quite rationalize that much of an extreme. Um, And so for me, it's establishing very clear boundaries and why those boundaries are in place and then communicating that with my mom. And so it's always a learning curve and there's always this wanting to be very respectful of the other person and also appreciating that it's not just me anymore. It's not just a relationship that I have with her. I have children. And sometimes people can be not in the best place when they have children and are in that in those, you know, seasons of life where it just wasn't the right, like maybe if they'd waited five, 10 years or they'd had a different job or whatever. Um, but I know that my mom is a, is a really great grandma. And so I don't want to deprive my kids of that relationship. And so this summer we, you know, had a moment where I really questioned certain things and my motivation to maintain this relationship and I was like okay I need to just pause here there was a lot of triggering moments that just brought back a little too much and I realized you know what happened the boundaries got blurry we need to reestablish those boundaries and make sure everybody is clear and that to the best of both of our abilities our expectations are you know heard and understood about what we each want out of the relationship and we both acknowledge that it's for the kids now that said because she is my mom and she's very charismatic. I mean, we do have a great time when we chat. And so we try to stay updated as much as possible. Um, Again, this, this, this podcast is not about my relationship with her, but she just, it was a thing this summer. And that's really, it was really, it was a difficult summer for me. And that was part of the reason why. It was also particularly difficult because Dean was home every single day um, and was just in a different state of mind about going back to work and you know, having the kids home and sort of what does work look like? Because, you know, if you've ever lived an expat type of job, like they go in like two or four year intervals when you're overseas. And so we're just coming up to four years. Actually, October 23rd, we landed back in Canada of 2014. 
And so October 23rd of this year is four years back in Canada. And honestly, it's like your brain's on this weird cycle of like, okay, time to change places, you know, time to change jobs. And so it's been a lot of heavy conversations about where do we want to live and what we want, you know, the next five, 10 years to look like. And those are big conversations, you know? And so, yeah, it's like, it's like going through that, you know, that dark corner of the basement that you don't want to tackle. You got all these bins you got to go through and then you got to do it. And it just like, it uproots a bunch of, you know, dust. There's a lot of dust in the air. So it felt like a very heavy summer. And I hate that because I don't like those heavy feelings. You know, I like to be light and airy and just carefree and having fun. And I didn't feel like I had a lot or enough of those moments this summer. I suppose that whole kind of introduction of origin and feeling that motivation to work hard and create something for myself. And, you know, it's always been something, but I always kind of joke about how I've had lots of different jobs and I have, but again, it comes back to like, well, I'm not going to be without, you know, if I can't pay my rent with this one job, well, I'll just get another one until I can get a better job, you know, and it's all, I've always had that mentality. So when I started doing this and like starting on YouTube, well, I will just work my tail off until I start seeing results and it, it, that's just what I do. So it kind of makes sense that I'm filming this podcast or recording this podcast at midnight on a Saturday because it's lit up in here. Um, but <laughs> you know, I was struggling with what I wanted to talk about in this episode because I've actually been struggling this summer with my own self-motivation and the word doubt might be my least favorite word but i tell you that little stinker kind of crept up in there a couple weeks ago and really started to do a number on my head it was just like messing with me and doubt is just like this dark looming thing when it happens and if you've ever experienced it you know what i'm saying and sometimes i feel like when you have those things you know if you have like my mom and i had a thing this summer and then Dean had a thing. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, what 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 am I doing again? Like it take it kind of throws you off your equilibrium a little bit when it's not a steady, solid foundation that's happening. And it's a weird job to be in where you are creating content and sharing parts of your life and um it's all good until it's not good. And when by not good, I mean when your mental state is a little bit not 100% because, you know, all of a sudden you become vulnerable and that vulnerability, you feel exposed. And by feeling exposed, you're easier to be hurt. You know, it's easier to feel that pain. I started feeling just, yeah, like just doubtful. And what is my superpower? You know, what I thought my superpower was, all of a sudden I feel like is a detriment. And that superpower that I think I have is that I am a very big personality where I'm very glass half full and optimistic and confident and sassy. Um, And if I meet you in real life or you're a friend of mine, you know, I want to uplift you and support you and have fun, you know? And I like to consider myself like instead of a steamroller, like I'm not taking anybody down around me, but rather I'm like this 
tornado. Like I'm just, you just hold on tight. Let's do this. We're going to go for a ride here. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so it's like this huge personality. And I think the trouble um, of having a huge personality is that you're just, it's a lot of energy. You're like you're a big personality. So sometimes people can feel threatened by that or feel like you need to tone it down. And that's like the worst feeling. In fact, honestly, when I leave places or I leave events or whatever, I always feel like, oh my God, Amanda, could you not have just like calmed down? <laughs> like tone it down. You're so vivacious. You move your arms so much. Like you're so animated. And it does like zap me a little bit of energy, but here's the thing. When that is your personality, like how can you change that? It's not like hair color. I can't go like change my, I mean, yes, I can change my hair. If people don't like my hair, I'll switch it up. Well, I won't because I like my hair, but you know what I'm saying? If something is wrong with the hair, I can change it and fix it. But a personality trait, if I'm very excitable or just very big, like you can't, how do you change that? That's who you are innately. And also, do you have to change that? You know, then let's not be confused. It's one thing to have a big personality. It's another thing to be rude and disrespectful. I'm not. But sometimes I struggle just with how bright I can shine, right? And it's so weird to even have those words leave my mouth because I'm often preaching like, don't dim your sparkle for other people. And I even posted something today on Insta stories that was like, you know, if people find you like to be too big or, you know, to have too much personality, well, guess what? Those aren't your people find new people. And that's so true. It's so true. And so I find when I have these doubtful moments about my personality, I try to take some time to reflect on like other moments in my life where maybe I didn't feel like I fit in or I felt like, you know, these weren't my people. And sometimes I feel like that about my start in life and that there's certain people that I definitely maintained relationships with and then there's others that was just like no this is too hard and I am not the person that you think I am and I'm also not here to prove you wrong like I'm just gonna go live my life I don't need to argue a mute point of course the trouble with feeling doubt uh, and why doubt can creep in in my opinion is because you might be tired like I've been so tired I've been feeling definitely the early stages of a burnout. And I think that that's natural. If you think about how I kind of operate around here, it's like, how can you be a mom a hundred percent of the time? And then an entrepreneur a hundred percent of the time, like there's not enough time. There really isn't enough time and it's a struggle. And I feel like this burnout theory or this burnout concept and this doubt can really come about from who you're paying attention to online and there is so much noise about creating like the perfect brand and the perfect aesthetic and you know the algorithms and how often one should be posting and there's just so so much and you know this competition and feeling like you've got to be operating at you know, a level of energy and octave that only dogs can hear. Like it's insane. And it can be hard even for someone that you think is established. And 
I know that some of you guys consider me to be kind of like doing it and I am doing it that's for sure but then of course there's people I look to who are doing it and like I kind of look to them like oh yeah how are they getting this done or how did they go on that tour or how did they launch this thing and as much as it's important to be aware of what other people are doing in your circles or in your genres I think you also just have to be realistic with who you are what your motivation is And also like what you can actually create because different people come from different circumstances and you know you'll see people online who are self-made or look at these big conferences I'm able to put on or I don't know I don't have anybody in particular in mind that I'm thinking of like there's several because I kind of feel like they all fall into this kind of group but they're doing so much and a lot of it's just kind of amazing but I think the reality is, is you sometimes have to go like, these people are just in a different place or just in a different genre entirely and you cannot compare apples to oranges. You know, if you've got a creator who has a staff of seven, they are obviously going to be creating at a different capacity than someone like little old me who has one little person helping her, you know? Am I getting off track? That's possible. Here's the thing. When you're recording a podcast where you're just talking to no one, (laughs) it's easy to get sidetracked. (laughs) So bear with me. And it's funny because I did ask you guys what your favorite style was because last season we did just me. I did interview style. I did uh, chats with Dean and then I did a group chat. And you guys were not helpful because you said you enjoyed all of them. So thanks for nothing. But (laughs) But I'll just have to keep creating. A variety of content but this is just a little bit of a rambling of thoughts but I feel like there's bits and pieces in here that can be very much relatable to other people in a similar stage of life just going through stuff and I think that there's a lot of people talking about vulnerability you know talking about your top five tips to do this or buy this e-course and you're going to accomplish that and like I get it and I think there's a place for that but I find personally I just need to like pull back from a lot of that like I am craving conversation I'm craving people to be real I don't want you to use your professional speaker voice all the time like if, if you sat down across from me and used that voice girl no, we wouldn't be sitting together for very long. I would bang back that coffee and hit the trail. It's like, I guess I'm struggling with being a real authentic person who's creating content and then being like a content machine who is doing all the right things for the algorithm to attain success. And I suppose the question is like, what is success to me? Um, And so it's been... Let me tell you guys, it has been a summer of thinking about this kind of stuff and then trying not to think about this kind of stuff because I don't like to think about it, you know what I mean? And thinking about what my priorities are. And then, you know what happened, guys? All those little thought bubbles are in the air and it dawned on me that like, oh, I'm starting to dip a little bit. Like I'm starting to not feel very good. And I believe that I have some family history of depression maybe not a fully diagnosed thing, but I see it. And I acknowledge when I start to dip. And I think because of the impact I felt as a child from having, 
you know, parents who struggle with that stuff, it's like, oh no, I don't let that stuff settle. So if you're following on Instagram, then you've seen me talk about talk therapy and how I found a counselor and just was like, I need to just get some stuff off my chest. And what I really wanted, like my mission was to find some thing or some sort of tool that I could really apply in my day-to-day life to help me cope. Because in my opinion, that's where a lot of this stuff kind of boils down to is like, we're not always equipped with the right coping skills. Whether we're kids going through hard times or grown-ups, like it can be hard to know who to ask for help or where to even get it. And so I realized that like, No one was going to be able to fix this problem but me, and I wasn't really open to listening to the people in my inner circle about this particular problem because there's like too many emotions all wrapped up in it. And I was like, I need a person who is non-emotional. Just let's just talk it out. And so I found a really great therapist. And you know, what's amazing too about talking to someone who isn't emotionally invested or connected to you is that they not only can help you find tips and tricks on how to handle things, but also confirm good things that you're already doing or already have in place, which I find very confident, you know, confidence building. What's the word I'm looking for? It's late. Forgive me. I find it very reassuring that you're like, oh yeah, I was doing that and that was a great thing and I'm going to keep doing that. Like it's very, feels nice, you know? And also, You know, it brings to the surface a lot of stuff that maybe you didn't even know was bothering you. So I went in with one thing in mind and all of a sudden it'd be like at the end of a session and I'm like, oh my God, why am I talking about this? Like, I didn't even know this was bothering me. And then you realize, oh, that other thing was a problem because this thing is actually bothering me. This is why I'm upset. You know, I'm feeling frustrated at times because as a parent now, I would never have made those same decisions. And it's something that's like I'm wrestling with. And so it's interesting to find tools to cope with things that happened many, many years ago and that it can still, you know, the work you can still see results from today, which is kind of amazing. By the way, if you're listening to this going like, okay, girl, what are those things? Um, We really came down to like talking about boundaries and reestablishing expectations for certain relationships and how to implement boundaries that make sense um, and keeping communication very clear. So that was like what we really talked about. But coming back to that beautiful concept of grateful grieving, having this, you know, as they say, attitude of gratitude it really does change, I swear, your brain chemistry when you try to think about things you're grateful for instead of things you're just really upset about. It can be so easy, like if you're having a down moment and then you think about something rough and then you're like, oh, and then there was that moment and then there was that moment and then there was that moment and next thing you know, you've spiraled into like all the negative things that happened with a person or at a time and place in your life. And is that really beneficial to you? I personally don't find it to be beneficial. I want to be grateful for things because there is so much of what happened at my start and my, you know, early days and young adult years and 20s and things that have shaped who I am. And without those experiences, would I be where I am right now? I don't think so. And so I'm grateful for those things. However, 
I'm also not an idiot. So it's like, as much as you're going to be grateful and move on, you also have to appreciate that like, in order for certain things to move forward, you have to be very clear about how certain things are going to unfold. You feel me? And then in conjunction, oh, giant spider crawling across the wall. I'll let you do your thing, girlfriend. Eat all the bugs. Um, But once I was able to start talking through some of these really heavy things that were bothering me um, and kind of highlighting the important ones to address, the other thing that came to light is like, you know, as much as you want to be a mom like 100% of the time and be working 100% of the time and then you know, a good spouse 100% of the time. It's like, okay, wait a minute though. Like, where am I going to find time for me? You know, no one's going to like come over to me and be like, hey, Amanda, we're going to carve out two to three hours um, today and you're just going to go get a massage and do some yoga and like breathe and meditate. No, no one's going to come at me with that. And I always preach self-care and self-love, but I just find that sometimes things happen in life where it makes it really hard to prioritize that. Um, I find time is just, there just really isn't enough time right now. And I'm, that is my biggest struggle is just trying to make more time out of the time I have. God, it's like, please just one more hour. It is almost immediate, you know, the outcome of how I feel in relation to how much time I dedicate to myself through just exercise or going to bed early, that's a doozy. Um, you know, if I've got that, that dynamic of like being too tired, not making enough time for myself, um, feeling overworked, discouraged, all of a sudden doubt creeps in, you know, I start to feel a little bit sick, you know, you get, I get cold sores and canker sores and it's like, your body's like, hello, like, can you please just take a minute to sort your shit out and take care of yourself, you know? At times, it takes a little bit of an intervention with a third person. And so I didn't even mean to really talk about the talk therapy today, but it just comes up because I find it so beneficial. And so in the summer, I attended quite a few sessions like each week. And now that we're back to school and the routine has changed and there is more time for me and I am making more time for exercise and you know, my marriage and, um, myself and my friends, it's like, okay, we can space this out a little bit. I'm putting these tools into practice and I'm feeling a lot better and a lot more in control because I think what I realized through talking about these things and just kind of even organizing this particular episode is that sometimes, at your start in life, when you feel like you were dealt a bad hand and things aren't turning out or going as you planned, you can feel like life is happening to you. And then, you know, you fast forward and you've got things going on and you might be, you know, a busy mom or just a busy entrepreneur or you're single and you're trying to achieve goals or you're a student and you start to realize that things like doubt and fatigue will creep in um, and that these life things are happening because of you and not necessarily the great life things, you know, like you're just like can't catch your breath because life is moving so quick. And so here you go from like one extreme to the other where it's happening to you and now things are hard because they're happening because of you, because maybe you aren't prioritizing the right things or 
just making time for yourself. I find yourself that factor is a big one because no one, that's like the one thing that no one can do for you. You know, people can help you with chores around the house. People can help you with childcare. People can help you at work, but nobody can be like, okay, hun, why don't you just like lay down for a moment and meditate, focus on your breath, roll out your back on your foam roller, which I'm going to do after I record this because my neck is so tense, but it's like doing those small things or pop on a face mask. Like no one's going to just stop you and make you do that. So it's like, you really have to make that a priority. And it can seem so silly because it's such a buzzword right now, but it's like, it's kind of amazing what the impact is when you start to love yourself and throw that back at you. And I get it. Like we don't all have the role models of people in our lives who did that whether that's your mom or your dad or people who just were like, yeah, this isn't working. I'm going to pause and I'm going to fix it. Like not everybody's programmed that way, you know? And I find what I'm realizing right now is that in this new chapter of life where the kids are getting a little bit older and they're in school full time and I do have some time to myself in the day, which by the way, I think we're on like the third or fourth week of school. Like I still haven't had any nap Wednesdays or any nap any days. I'm just like full throttle trying to get all my work done. So I definitely got to have a little bit more better, a little bit more better. It's late. A little bit better time management to work in the naps, you know, like I need to have a day off. And that again, that's another thing is like, what are we doing to make the changes so that you can overcome that feeling of being out of control where you got the life happening to you? crazy things because life you know of decisions you're making you know because of you and it's like let's let's find that happy medium where things are going to happen things are going to fall out of line people are going to step outside of the boundaries of relationships you've put in place your plate's going to get full you know stuff just happens life ebbs and flows and sometimes you're up and sometimes you're down and i don't feel like an option is to tap out it's just not an option maybe for a day maybe for two. But if you're pushing on three, four days of feeling low and that like black dog of depression is sneaking in and up on you or just doom, like you need to pull yourself out of it and find some coping mechanisms, whether that's things you discover on your own or things that you discover through talking to another person, you know, talk therapy. Because your mental wellness is so important. And I find that I really realized this summer how important it was because when I had gone through difficult things before, one, I had not been making videos, obviously, um, in my earlier life. And also when things had happened like four years ago when we moved from Malaysia back to Canada, like I wasn't making money off of this gig. It was really just this hobby. And I felt a commitment to you guys to create videos and post them but not like now where there's actual deadlines. And so when your whole job is based on your mood and how you're feeling, you need to prioritize it. Now, I I get that not everybody's job is based on that, but then if you think about it, your life is based on that. Your, you know, how you parent your children, your parenting relationship is based on your mental wellness, like how you're doing. You know, are you trying to fill other people's cups from an empty cup? So anyway, I hope all of this, even with some of the personal dumping at the beginning, 
just makes you feel less alone in some of those harder times in your life and to know that like we all go through them like everybody does even that instagrammer with the perfect you know the perfect aesthetic who isn't talking about it because side story there are really beautiful instagram pages where people are talking about real life so i'm not there's no judge but yeah not everybody talks about the heavy times because they don't want to weigh people down or maybe they're just not in a place where they feel they can be vulnerable like that um and so yeah i just wanted to go hey like it's real life and i thought i would have like this podcast up and running two weeks ago but life ebbs and flows doesn't it and things come up and you do have to prioritize and what i'm realizing is that it's not an option for me to turn and you know just ignore my mental wellness or ignore my roles as a parent or a spouse you know or a worker kind of thing but i do have to prioritize and sometimes it's popping the kids on an ipad while i get a deadline and sometimes it's dropping a a video to make my kids dinner like it's just that's life you know and i would love to know how you guys feel about this and how you feel about you know some of the responsibilities in your life um, you can hit me up on Instagram at Amanda Muse or on Twitter at Muse Amanda. I'm thinking about creating a Facebook group for, you know, the sandwich podcast. You'll have to let me know uh, if that interests you because there isn't really a place to chat, you know? In fact, I will create a Facebook group because here's the nice thing about a Facebook group. I don't really have to run it. Like you guys get to chat amongst each other and I can pop in here and there, but I think that might be a nice um, spot to be because... I will be sharing more information about some news coming down the pipes for this podcast. Very exciting. And so that'll be a great place to share it. So episode one in the books, season two, it's happening. Uh, If you have something you would like for me to talk about or someone to interview, let me know. They don't have to be local to me. There are workarounds to get the audio, Um, but I want to create what you want to listen to. So basically hit me up. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I will uh, catch you in the next episode. Also, reminder, follow along, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and even if you don't listen to me on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, could you take a minute to head over there, follow along, subscribe, and also rate and review, because your comments and your ratings actually push the sweet little podcast that could onto new and noteworthy in iTunes this summer. And that was very exciting. And I know I was able to gain new listeners because of it. And so if you guys want to help a sister out, that'd be awesome. All right, guys, I will talk to you in the next one.